Hello, and welcome to another episode of the MR Running Pains podcast. My name is Aaron Saft, and my guest today is one of my athletes that I coach. His name is Brandon Whistler. Brandon recently won the Warhammer 100 miler in Kentucky. He led from the get-go. Uh, we're going to talk about his race, his training, lessons he learned, and all of that great stuff uh, that we can learn from our experiences. And, and Brandon has a, a wealth of experiences, as this, I believe, was his seventh 100-mile finish. So um, some really good things to share. Thank you, Brandon, for, for coming on and, and uh, sharing the story and letting us learn uh, from your perspective about Warhammer 100 and running in general. And so here's Brandon with his story. Brandon Whistler, welcome to the MR Running Pains Podcast. How are you today? Great. How are you doing, Aaron? I'm doing quite well. Doing all right. Um, I always like to give everybody the date we're recording this on June 17th. Um, and uh, Brandon, uh, as I kind of said in the introduction, has just done what? Warhammer 100. <laughs> Not only did he do it, what else did you do? I, I kind of won. <laughs> Not kind of won. <laughs> you did. Yeah, I won. That's awesome. That's fantastic. First place overall. Um, we're going to, we're going to talk about that obviously, which is tremendous. Um, and, uh, but let's, let's start by, uh, introducing you to, to everyone. Um, where are you from? Where'd you grow up? Where did, uh, this habit come from? <laughs> All that good stuff. Uh, well, I'm from, uh, my name is Brandon Whistler. Um, I'm from Hagerstown, Indiana, which is a small town east of Indianapolis. Um, Grew up and raised in Indiana, kind of traveled around a little bit, uh, eastern part of Indiana, but pretty much grew grew up here. Um, I grew up on a farm and everything, and uh, played outside. You know, growing up in the hay mound, the creeks and stuff like that, and just and uh, that's one reason why I just love being outdoors. So I grew up with it. But uh, so um, yeah, pretty much lived here all my life, and. Uh, you want me to get into uh, how I started running and stuff like that, or yeah, yeah, please, yeah. Uh, I, played, I played sports in high school, football, wrestling. Uh, no, wasn't in, interested in any type of running. I mean, we had to do it for uh, football and stuff like that, and wrestling uh, to lose weight. But uh, I, I was never into running and stuff like that. Um, and pretty much through through my college years and and after that, forever. I, I mean, I was always into weightlifting and stuff like that, exercise. Um, and actually got into powerlifting pretty heavy and everything. And probably 2012, I'd say, 2015, 16, three or four years of pretty heavy powerlifting, competing and stuff like that. And um, actually kind of what got me into running was I had a friend wanted me to do a Spartan race, obstacle course race. And I'm like, oh, I'll try it here in uh, Indiana. And uh, it's fun. You know, obstacles, I was good at those and everything because I, you know, it was strong from powerlifting and whatnot and uh you know they had a deal called the trifecta and i um which was the the race i did was on like three well four miles or so up and down uh, you know trails and stuff like that so it wasn't nothing much um just hanging out with them and then they have different distances you know from like close to 10 miles up to like 14 15 miles so i decided to do some more of those and i realized that i suck at running so I, I, if I wanted, I wanted to get better. I, I just got, I fell in love with it, the competitive part of it. So I uh, just kind of started running, 
Uh, I remember to this day, I got a pair of shoes. I, I didn't know what I was doing. They were like cross training shoes. And I went out and I was like, I'm going to run some. And I re- took off crazy. And I was going to run like three miles. And like, I was dying after a mile. Like, I need to slow down. <laughs> and um, so pretty much the rest is history. Um, I just got into running more and I kind of got some stuff from the internet and started training more for running wise. And actually kind of um, got this plan for some running that had to do with obstacle course racing and whatnot. And um, probably would have been around 2016. And then um, I did really good. It was more based on like shorter distances, 10K up to like half marathon and whatnot. And so, I, you know, I, I got better at that. I, got, I started getting into the endurance events in Spartan, which were um, Ultra Beast, which were like up to like 26 miles, like 60 obstacles. And I was doing like Ultra Beast on Saturday and then a Beast race, like 14 miles on Sunday, back to back. And then they had these 12 hour endurance um, overnight things where you carried a ruck pack and stuff like that. Um, so I just kind of got into that more mental side of thing, you know, when it come to gritting it out and whatnot. And uh, I, I think I, so to get kind of more for the ultra beast race, like we're like 26 miles, 30 miles, like I got into like 50 K training and stuff like that. And then I found some, um, I ran 30 miles one time around a local, um, park it's 10 mile loops and i just want to see if i could do it before i ran my first 50k i just wanted training to see if i could do it and uh i signed up for my first 50k and um i had to look at my kind of results over here um back in december 2016 was my first 50k and i mean pretty much just fell in love with it, the trails and everything um don't really care much for the road you know i run somewhere on the road for training and i'll do it i can but uh the trails are where it's at so um, pretty much just snowballed from air and uh, race, train, have fun, enjoy the trails. Um, I think awesome. I didn't. I think well, War so Warhammer was my first hundred miler in 2018. It was the first year they had it and had to have a 50 mile to qualify. Um, so I did a 50 mile race to qualify for that. And um, the first year they had a Warhammer 2018. It was at a different location. Um, it was farther north, but it was on the same Sheltoe National Trace Trail. And I uh, I finished, um, I was one of 13 that finished that year. Uh, it was you know, June, same same time of year. June is hot, Kentucky and the hills. And um, yeah, pretty much the rest is history. I just fell in love with 100 milers and the grit and mental determination and whatnot and the things you go through. Um, you know, fast forward. Um, I just race and train and I end up finding a, a, uh, training plan. I really forward progress. I think that book, you know, follow like a 50 mile, 70 mile training plan or something. I think it was closer to 50 miles. And, um, I, I just started training, um, could hit the mileage, no problem, but you know, I just went out and ran. Um, I did before, back when I did Spartan racing, when I did this other training, I kind of did like heart rate training and everything. So I knew about heart rate and stuff like that. Um, but for the most part, I mean, when it comes to speed work or anything like that, I didn't know what I was doing. You know, I just go out and run, um, run what felt good and, um, you know, hit the trails and just long runs. Um, I, I, I always kind of, for me, back to back long runs and the weekends have always been a thing for me. I can used to race like that, but just, you know, running on tired legs. And I, I tell people all the time too, like a four hour run or four hours on the trails. I mean, it's four hours on your feet. 
you know, it doesn't matter if you run 20 miles or 10 miles, you're out there on your feet. That's training. You know, some people think they have to run 30 miles, you know, no, it's time on your feet, in my opinion, you know? Um, so yeah, fast forward. Um, I, I got into a few more hundred milers, um, Warhammer this year, 2021, that would be my seventh hundred miler. Um, six official. I did one, one, 100 mile on the road by myself, you know, just to see if I could do it. Well, it's part of the Yeti 100 challenge, but I'll never run that far on the road again. <laughs> uh, uh, you know, so it, it's, I don't know. It, it's, you know, when you talk about outside the running part and being in the middle of it, it's hard to explain, you know, it's just, uh, it's just a mental thing, you know, uh, to keep going. And, and there's so many things can happen. I don't care how prepared you are, you know, just so many things can happen and you can't even be prepared to, to, to know what to do. I mean, you kind of got to have, you, you know, you got to have to train to, you know, just, you know, um, uh, forget what I want to say, um, to be able to do something next, you know, to keep going and whatnot. So yeah. that's kind of my running career. I've only been really running since about 2016. Um, and of course last year, uh, the fall last year with COVID and everything, I mean, I still ran last year, but I took some time off and then, um, uh, hired this awesome coach to help get me some more structure, and whatnot, uh, aka Aaron Saft, and uh, and I came so far um, training with him. I just, I mean, the structure of just you know knowing some speed workout and and talking me to back down and whatnot. I mean, it's 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 huge for me. So I'm I'm loving it so much. I'll venue the mo the money later. Okay. <laughs> Right on. <laughs> <laughs> no, that thank you. That was really nice. Um, well, and um, you know, Brandon, he, he came to me and um, I, when I wrote my post on on social media about Brandon's win, uh, you know, he said I love to be competitive, <laughs> and um, you know, uh, his um, his fiance Lori um, had uh, texted me early on, and and she's like, he's leading, and I was like. At what, what point is this? <laughs> What's going on? So, um, but uh, before we get into all that, uh, tell us a little bit more about Warhammer. Um, you, you know, you, you mentioned it's Kentucky. Yeah. Um, is it um, like, let's talk about how much single track, how much service road, how much sure. road, all that good stuff. Um, well, so pretty much the Toei Trace Trail runs from Warhead, Kentucky, up north, northern Kentucky, which uh, next opportunity events that puts on Warhammer 100 put on Big Turtle 50 mile and 50k, and they ha they run on some of the same trail, but you know different sections, and it's you know it's a lot a lot smoother up north, I guess, not as rocky and and whatnot, not as hilly. Um, where well, we ran in uh, London, Kentucky, is where we started, and we ran um, about 24 miles south to Cumberland Falls State Park, and then 24 miles back to camp, and then another 25 miles north, and then 25 miles back, and um, I mean, the terrain to the 2018 race is very similar. I mean, it's really rocky. I mean, in and out of creeks, water, it, it rained, um, it rained often on Friday. Um, but the terrains, I mean, it's rolling hills, you know, I mean, I've ran mountain races and whatnot. So, I mean, it's, it's not like, you know, 2000 foot climbs for miles. It's, you know, three, 400 foot max, maybe climbs, but it's, it's really hard to get into a groove. I mean, it's so rocky and technical and then, it, you know, wet rocks on top of that. We're climbing down into creek beds, you know, um, where you're almost, you know, your hands in front of you, kind of crawling up some rocks here and there. So it was, um, 
I mean, that it, it was hard to get in a grooving spot. So um, with some of the storms we had too, there was a few blowdowns from trees and whatnot, um, but not nothing too terrible there. But just basically rolling hills. I mean, there was a, the very beginning, like eight miles is pretty flat, um, just single track trails. Uh, most of it was all single track. Um, we ran on some, you know, like fire roads, crushed gravel. I would say I think five to six miles he had advertised. Um, just a little bit of road, maybe less than a couple miles total of asphalt. Um, so one thing, you know, this was the first year for this race and it was advertised around 10,000 feet of elevation of a vert and I ended up with 15,000. And so, you know, and so does several other people. So that's, that's definitely a little bit different. I mean, 5,000 more vert than, you know, is, I mean, being rolling hills, you know, it just adds up, you know, over time versus, you know, mountains, climbs and descents. So, um, the what, I mean, what nothing terrible with that. Um, but just super technical. And I mean, as much as like, it probably was good to slow me down or anybody down, you know, some of the sections, um, I mean, the, the rocks and stuff played a, played a big role and, and, you know, um, well, I, I, you know, my goals were to finish, you know, a little bit faster than what I did, but, um, yeah, that, that was a, a big player in that. And, um, you mentioned the rain. How was, uh, the temperatures? Um, it was definitely hot and humid. Um, I can't remember if it was about six, we started at 10 o'clock on Friday and, you know, it's probably, it's just so hot, hot and humid muggy and being from Indiana, we're used, we're used to the humidity. Um, probably like anybody else. I mean, we haven't had that much heat this year to get ap- ap- acclimated to it. Um, I don't really mind running in the heat. Um, um, I'd probably run in the heat sometimes more. I would run in the cold just because I hate layering up clothing. Um, but definitely, um, to me, it was, I loved when it rained because I mean, I soaked, soaked from sweat anyhow, but I mean, I felt so much better when it rained. We were pretty much under pretty heavy canopy the whole time. So, I mean, if the sun was shining, it wasn't that bad at all. Um, so, you know, we had some sudden downpours probably two or three times Friday. And then, of course, at night, it was, I mean, it cooled off a little bit. We didn't have sun, but it was so foggy. And, like, with the with the headlamp, you could just see, like, mist and rain. And it was just, I mean, it stayed wet the whole time pretty much. Um, and lucky for me, finishing Saturday morning around 1130, it got sunny in the afternoon super super hot um they actually had a 50k race and 50 mile race um part of the race that just went on the north section that actually started saturday morning um so it was really cool to see a bunch of them out there on the course but i mean it, it was super hot saturday so i mean i feel for everybody that was out there saturday but because friday even though it rained i mean you know heat wise it was a lot better on us than it was saturday in my opinion <laughs> why do warhammer again why well, do Warhammer again? Because I mean, it's a challenging course. I mean, it's, you know, I've ran some other races that people were like, wow, you know, looking at the vert, it's like, that's pretty, you know, flat or not too bad. And, and the technicality, you know, it's, I mean, so technical, it's just super challenging. I mean, it's, um, you know, it, it throws everything at you. And of course, throw the heat on top of that. So, I mean, it, it's, it, it's not, I, I want to say it was quite a few people that was their first hundred mile, but it's not a first hundred mile race really. You know what I mean? It, but I mean, it, it's, it was a 36, 36, 38 hour cutoff, I think, which is pretty, pretty good for that. I think. Um, but uh, I love starting at 10 o'clock on Friday. I thought it was awesome because I knew that, um, you know, I was pretty confident I was going to finish, you know, on Saturday and, and, you know, and then in the back half of the mileage would be at night when it'd be cooler, you know? So I feel like I played to my strengths or at least I've, you know, 
with like a night or whatever, um, you know, versus doing into, you know, like a early, early morning race where you're, um, I guess it'd be the kind of same thing. If you started early morning, you'd be on the back half and in the night. So. Sorry, I'm getting a little feedback. Um, you mentioned earlier that the, uh, um, you like the kind of the mental, um, grind of it, you know, um, having that mental challenge, um, to, you know, to kind of get through this. Um, I'm sure, you know, just like any hundred, you get to that point where, you know, there, there's like, you're, you're low, <laughs> you know, oh, yeah. and you're, you're kind of, you have to dig within yourself. When you got to that point, what, what did you do? How did you deal with that? Uh, well, like when I got in a low, yes. Well, early on, actually, um, I was in a pretty bad spot. Um, I would say between it's probably around 12 miles to 20 miles. Um, aid station it was eight miles between the aid station and Cumberland Falls. Cumberland Falls is where the first crew is where I first see Lori at 21 miles, and it was super hot then. And I mean, I took off pretty conservative. I mean, you always take off, you know, fresh and running any race, you know, just trying to cruise, but um you could say i was might be going just a smidgen too fast um but i got really hot and i was just chugging water and i had two bottles and i finished those and because it was so technical um you know there's a difference between running eight miles of flat versus eight miles of technical it takes that much longer so i was out of water um and in fact because i was out of water uh, i didn't really want to eat and I got in the low pretty quick. And actually, I was taking salt pretty regular starting off, but I cramped. I fell a couple times and I cramped real bad already, you know, so I was still trying to settle in. But um, I, I was I was I don't I don't want to say I was delirious, but I was kind of just like it was, you know, these little climbs. I was wore out and I was kind of already thinking like this. It's not going to work. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to finish. You know, I'm, I'm going to have to. I mean, I wasn't worried about finish time i mean you know being in first place or whatnot at all you know i was just like oh, i'm just I'm, this is not going good at all um and you know i always think of like you get behind on calories or water i mean you know you know you can catch up over time but sometimes it's too little too late and i actually got into the crew the aid station at 21 coming the falls and i sat down lori and i was like drinking coke and drinking um some fit aid drinking some water some body armor um just pumping fluids and eating something and just step there. I'm like, I just got to sit here. I don't care how long it's going to take. And I was there for a good 15, 20 minutes. Um, and then I, you know, like, all right, I'm gonna take off. Um, felt a lot better. And like, it just caught back up to me and I was good to go. And, uh, you know, I, I, that was, that was amazing because I was already in a little bit low, but honestly, after that, I mean, until it got till late into the night, like within the last, like maybe 10, maybe 20 miles, you know, when I'm out there by myself, um, just kind of hurt, you know, I, I was, you know, ready to be done then. Um, but you know, I, I really, other than that, I didn't really get into any real bad low spots. Um, you know, I have a little experience, you know, with, with hundred milers being my one. So, you know, I know what those are like. Um, and I've definitely had some low spots, you know, um, and with my experience with me, sometimes, you know, it's not because you don't want to go on, it's because you could be low on calories and you're kind of just, you know, not with it. So, um, you know, it, it, there's so many things that happen, you know, I think about, think about positive things and, and, you know, just having gratitude really, you know, and just try to smile, even though it sucks of thinking like, Hey, you know, I'm lucky to be out here. 
or, you know, I'm going to get to see Lori at the crew stop or, you know, think about my kids, you know, I mean, you know, you try to think of something. And, and my thing is too, I'm always just, I think about the next miles, the next aid station, you know, I never try to think about like, I got 90 miles left. You know, I got 75 miles left, just like chomp it, chomp it down. I got a couple of miles left to, uh, you know, get some crew or something like that or aid station. So, um, you know, I, I, like I said, I've been in some pretty low spots, but you know, just, you just try to keep on pushing. I mean, you try to think about what it means to you and everything else. So uh, just keep going along and just clicks away. And you decided that uh, you were not going to do Pacer um, or were you not allowed to have Pacer? What, what was the decision there? Uh, you're allowed to have Pacers, I believe, at the turnaround or at the midpoint, 50 miles. Um, I've never had a Pacer. Um, I guess in some ways I kind of pride myself on that, but um, I've really never asked anybody. I don't know anybody would want to, to be honest with you. Um, so, you know, it's kind of like, for me, um, it's kind of like using poles. Like I don't like to, I don't use them. I don't train with them. I'm not saying I never would. I just never have, you know what I mean? So I kind of pride myself on not needing it. Um, do I think it could help? Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? So, um, I, I just, I mean, I, I just really never had the opportunity to have one or use one. So I just never have. Fair enough. I'm a, I'm quite a social runner, so I look forward to my pacers. <laughs> I definitely. Well, I ran when I ran Wilmington 100. I um I ended up linking up with the dude that we ran the last probably 50 miles, and he was actually kind of pushing me. And I, you know, so it, it basically like he pace we pace each other. You know, I know 100 percent what you're saying. Um, not no, not to chat with someone, but like he helped me push me, and I think that's why I finished as a good time there. You know, and, and who knows, maybe it helped him, but I felt like he helped me a lot more, and I helped him. So it's definitely, you know, I, I definitely think there's positivity in it. You know, um, I just never, I just never have asked anybody or tried to set it up. You know, for that. sure. No, I, I for Hard Rock, we can have uh, Pacers at 42 miles, um, and um, I've already asked if you know. Uh, you know, a few people that they can can come in because, yeah, you know, I I mean, I, honestly, it's more for safety for me. I'm I'm you know obviously concerned about the altitude. Yeah. Um, you know, we got a fourteen thousand peak that we have to go over, um, yeah. and I won't be able to go out there you know early to acclimatize. But yeah. um, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd like to have somebody with me just in case things start going wrong. Sure. Um, but um, you know, and and you know, I, I've obviously UTMB you can't have a pacer. Um, and there's just too many people in the race to have yeah. pacers. Uh, but I linked up with my friend Darian there and, uh, you know, that was the same as you're saying, you know, we helped each other through to the finish. So, I mean, you know, like linking up with people, that's great. Um, Eastern States, I didn't have anybody and that was just rough day. <laughs> I really wish I did have somebody. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you know, like I understand that as well. Um, you know, being able to, to know you can push through and do hundred miles solo. Um, you know, Umstead was a totally different story. I was really looking forward to having, um, Nathan and, and the other Aaron come out. Um, and it, it like, it really turned my race around. Um, yeah. you know, I was kind of struggling and then I got them and I just was a totally different mindset. Same thing at Chattanooga, you know, I was having a good race up till, um, I, you know, I grabbed my pacer, but it's just the positivity that the right pacers can bring, you know, can really change a lot of things, a lot of dynamics within the race. 
Um, and it's not for everybody. I, I totally understand that. So, um, I can certainly appreciate, you know, what you, what you said there. Um, and you know, it is kind of hard to ask somebody like, you know, um, like my friend that he was, I mean, obviously hard rock, everybody's like, do you need help? I can only have three. <laughs> so, um, you know, my wife's coming out and, uh, and then, um, I have uh, my friend uh, Sam Reed, who won Hellbender in 2019, is coming, and then Morgan Elliott, who's already out in Colorado. Uh, so um, yeah, I, I've got a, a really good support network there. I'm pretty pretty excited for it. But um, so um, you know, t- talk about um, how were the aid stations? Uh, you know, I'd like to give everybody kind of uh, a, a kind of a full view of Warhammer in case anybody's really thinking about Warhammer. How were the aid stations? How were they dispersed? Were they uh, frequent enough? Did you feel like, cause you said you ran out of water pretty early on. Um, was that just because there you was too long to the next aid station and you just didn't have enough, you know, bottles on you or. Yeah. Well, for that part, I probably just drank what I had two bottles, uh, I think 20 ounce bottles on me. And I had one in my pack in my back. I just never filled it up. And, you know, I, pull, I pulled that hole like, oh, screw it. I, I won't get it out. I just got to go, you know, because um, that was my plan to get in and out aid stations. And um, the aid stations were anywhere from like six miles to eight miles was the most. Um, and I think they were all spaced well, apart well. Um, uh, we knew the light aid stations were going to be light, really, as far as food goes. Um, having Lori as a crew, I mean, I planned on, I mean, I carried extra food with me. And I was pretty much relying on what I had on me for food-wise. And her to have bottles and everything ready for me, uh, you know, replace bottles at, at the crew spot. So um, I only relate, relied on aid stations to fill up my water um, and grab anything maybe that I saw look good. Um, honestly, I didn't even, I mean, there was a couple that weren't really set up and ready by the time I got there. <laughs> um, but, you know, it was no big deal to me because I had food on me. Um, I'm not, I don't eat fruit really. So, um, probably should you know it's healthy but i don't i'm not really a big fruit eater so i you know a lot of them had fruit you know i don't and and stuff like pretzels stuff like that i mean you know i kind of have a pretty good mix of food with me um even though i can get into that later on (coughs) about my food choices but um, well well i mean i i kind of got sick of you know i use spring energy um and then maybe so i'll do like one a gel and then my next every half hour i'll do food you know 100 200 calories and then so I do spring energy and then next time I do something, maybe like a honey stinger waffle or maybe something a little more sugar based, um, like gummies or something like that. Um, or honey bun or, um, peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Um, and, and sometimes I'd eat, um, like I like chicken quesadillas at eight stations sometimes. Um, and the, the, you know, like, Oh, that sounds good, but then it don't, you know, when you go to eat it. So, um, there's, they, some of them had stuff like that. Um, quesadilla, you know, sounded good. Just wasn't going down good. Bean burrito, and then, um, so it's kind of like you know, Lori can attest to this. You know, so I have all this food ready for him. Like I don't want none of that. You know, it just <laughs> so good. Um, I, t- I used Tailwind. I was using Tailwind in one bottle, uh, water in the other, and I got sick of sugar. Just Tailwind. So I just wanted water. Um, and then I was kind of getting sick of spring. You know, energy gels, and and um, you know, I ate some um. Uh, uncrustables you know and it, it's it was just so hit and miss you know um um i've had pierogies before pierogies were awesome i think i had those at grindstone the year i did that those were awesome but maybe because i haven't had them very many very many times but um i had pizza before you know um i kind of trained eating whatever so just so my gut can take whatever 
Um, plus, you're not running 5K pace in 100 mile, or at least I'm not. So your your stomach can, you know, withstand a little bit more heaviness like that. Um, so I mean, the aid stations were good. Um, you know, some of them had more options than others. Um, I honestly, just didn't really pay much attention to them. I got water. The ones I I got water, got in and out, and then when Lori at the crew spots, I mean, I just went to her with my food, you know, and you know, you know she had stuff to fill my bottles. Um, so uh, and kind of going back, we're talking about a pacer. That's the same with crew. You know, once you, ha- I mean, crew is awesome. I mean, compared to using drop bags. So, I mean, it's kind of hard to like not have crew. I mean, I've ran 100 miles without a crew and using drop bags, and it's tough because you have to make sure you have all that stuff there with you um, at those, you know, drops versus, you know, uh, rely on someone to maybe get something extra or, hey, I need this at my next stop, bring my shoes or something. So, um, definitely, uh, you know, it's awesome to have there. Um, but yeah, you know, I, I always try to train or, and try to, you know, have my own food and whatnot. Um, my pack feel like it weighs a thousand pounds, but <laughs> yeah, I train with it a lot. You know, I wear a full vest with bottles in the front. I don't usually put too much in the back. You know, I put a jacket or something in there um, in case it might be cold at night. Um, you know, but I uh, kind of overfill it just in case I need some extra food or whatnot. Um, you know, because if you ever get kind of have to walk or something for a while, then you're going to be out there that much longer. So. Yeah, the A stations are pretty solid. I mean, coming off of COVID, I think, uh, honestly, can't remember what Kentucky, you know, they I mean, every, I think most states have released, you know, the whole deal of mask and stuff, but they're still kind of, you know, still lingering and whatnot. So, I mean, it wasn't just really the full blown aid stations that were, you know, we're used to having before COVID, you know, and alters and whatnot. So, mm-hmm. right on. Um, and so, uh, you know, you're, you're moving through the race. You're obviously in the lead. Um, we'll talk about that. How did, how did that play into your mind? Did it at all? Did you think about that at all? Or, you know, when it got later into the race, did it become more of a, you know, I need to maintain this? Yeah. So, so I, I mean, I got up to the front and, uh, Michael Wishman already, you know, let us out cause we had to run through the camp and kind of run on the road before we hit the trail. So he just led us to the trailhead. Um, and I mean, I was standing there and like, I'm not going to just be like, uh, I scared to go first. So I went first and, um, you know, uh, didn't try to take off like a rocket or nothing or tried trying to stay out front. Um, I guess let's say I don't really fear leading, you know, I mean, I try, I, I was more, I just wanted to settle into my pace. You know, I didn't really care if someone passed me in 30 feet or in three miles, you know, um, I, I had a goal of the time and you know, just wanted to settle in, you know, and run my race regardless. Um, so actually, you know, led the race and there was a kid, a 19 year old kid. I say kid because he's a kid to me, um, that was on my, on my feet or on my heels the whole time. We talked, it was cool. Um, but I might slow down for a little hill and he would, and and which was fine, you know, but like, um, it was his first hundred mile or whatnot. And, I, you know, I, I told him, you know, go ahead and go around me if you want, you know, well, we got to the first aid station after eight miles um, and we ran on this road section and we popped back down the woods and all of a sudden I didn't see him. Um, and I don't know the story. I don't know what happened later. He dropped, but um, I, I pretty much was leading the race. Um, I don't really ever look back. I just kind of just run, you know, and, and let it be what it's going to be. I mean, I knew it didn't matter 10 miles in where I was at. <laughs> We had 90 miles to go. Um, I, I when I ran Chattanooga, a hundred miler and DNF uh, in 2000, the beginning of 2019, 
I actually kind of, I learned big time for that because I went out a little too hot and I was like third or fourth most of the race and I just bombed it. And I felt so much pressure to stay there, you know, that, so I kind of learned from that, just let it be what it be, you know? So, um, and a guy actually caught up to me about probably 12 miles in pretty quickly. And, um, unfortunately for him, um, he went a wrong way and missed an aid station. So he went a lot easier route, um, than we had to go. Um, he went on ahead of me. He ended up dropping. Um, so when we got to Cumberland State Park, Cumberland Falls, and we had to go. So we was 21 miles. We had to go down. So we had to go south of the park and go do a loop. So a five mile loop. So that would mean that once you got back around the loop before we went back to camp, that you know you wouldn't know you're going to pass people probably you know coming still coming in, but you don't really know who's behind you still. Um, I didn't know. Um, where really anybody was at, I actually caught up to that guy and he said he was going to end up probably dropping, you know, because he missed aid station or whatever. And, um, so I ended up just taking, you know, just running my race and I was back in front. Um, so I led back to camp and I saw Lori again at spillway, which was around, I've been around 40 miles. And, um, you know, I, you know, it's kind of like you want to know, but you don't. And she said that, next person that came in to Cumberland Falls after I did, after I took off was 45 minutes. So that didn't mean I had a 45 minute lead, you know, I mean, they could have got closer. I, I don't know. Um, I didn't necessarily care at that point. Just, you know, kind of curious, you know, um, cause I didn't know what was going to happen. I mean, the race don't start till after 50 miles or whatever. Right. <laughs> so, um, when I came into Chateau camp at 50 miles, 48 miles, I think, um, I wanted to change my shirt at least cause it was soap and it was sweaty, but I mean, I knew I was going to be sweating again. Um, didn't change any shoes or anything like that or socks. Um, I end up, uh, put some more squirrels, nut butter on stuff like that. You know, just kind of double checked everything, got a little bit more fluids and food right there and took back off. Um, and it was just getting, just getting dark when I got in show to a camp Friday night. Um, so I took off and I mean, you know, I had no clue when the next person was coming in. You know? Um, I didn't see Lori again until, so 12 miles from there. So about 60 miles. Um, and so she had left Chateau camp to come to the next crew blade station and it had been about an hour and she said no one had came in yet. So, I mean, it made me feel good, but I was just, I mean, I was pretty much correct, you know, most of the race by myself anyway. Um don't really it doesn't really bother me um i was just chugging along i'm um, just trying to stay on course and uh just you know i had no clue you know i didn't know how many people were in the race um it's definitely cooler it quit raining but it was foggy and um i just kept going um i got to the turnaround at mile uh be about 75 74 and um we had to go past the aid station down to this little hill to get a marble to make it the, close to the 100 miles and so that sucked. And then I came back. So I knew, so I was like, uh, I'm going to keep, keep track of my time when I leave the aid station. I was going to pass the next person eventually coming back. Um, so I passed, you know, it was an hour and 45 minutes till I saw someone. Um, so, you know, assuming, let's say he was going my pace, then I was, you know, close to three and a half hours ahead of him, whatever. Um, then I didn't see anybody else for a little bit. And I saw a few people here and there. Um, I, I didn't, I, you know, I never thought I had it in the bag. Honestly, when I got close to the last five miles, I kept looking back. I didn't know. You know what I'm saying? I mean, 
I, I was still running here and there. I was passing a lot of 50 K years, 50 miles. They were pumping me up. You know, it was awesome seeing them just out there racing. They were fresh, you know, hauling the mail and I was struggling, <laughs> but uh, that gave me some more energy. And, uh, I just had no clue where the next person was. Um, and, uh, I got in, came in, finished you know, around 1130, which is 25 hours, 25 minutes. Um, and the next guy, next person, didn't, he didn't come in until 31 hours, almost 32, or almost 31 hours, six and a half hours after me. Wow. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I guess I didn't have to push it, push it, but I, I still was just because I, you know, I wanted to push it mentally. I guess as much as I could. Um, so, yeah, it, it was crazy. I mean, it's, you know, it's still kind of hard to believe, to be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. Yeah. Um, talk about your gear for a little bit. What kind of footwear did you use? Socks? You said you didn't change those, so it seems like they worked well for you. What did you use? So pretty much ever since the beginning, I've used in Gingy Toe Socks, the Trail Midweights, and Trail Toes. Um, and I, I've wear Ultras ever since I pretty much started, and I've never had a blister. I had one blister, I think. And I think that was from, it might've been from GDR. I can't remember cruel jewel. So, but, um, I think I had a blister on my heel. Maybe I can't remember now, but I just, you know, even, you know, this race, just like 2018, my feet were stayed wet almost the whole time, but I was like, if there ain't nothing wrong with them, then I'm not going to mess with them. Um, I knew my shoes are going to get wet again. Anyhow. So if I changed shoes, it probably wouldn't have mattered. You know, sometimes it's a refresher, you know, I mean, I changed my shirt, but I was like, screw, I just don't want to mess with it. Um, so the fact that my feet got real wet and actually in the beginning, or maybe it was towards the end, like my soul, the soles were slipping, like we're going downhill. So actually at one point I actually thought I had a pretty good blister like on my heel, but it didn't hurt or nothing bad enough to where I was like, I got to stop. You know, I'm like, I don't care. I'm running through it. I'm getting, I just want to get done. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I just, I mean, those shot, those socks and shoes and, and trail toes, I mean, slather them up with trail toes. Like they've just worked perfect for me so i'm not ever gonna try anything else until they don't <laughs> yeah. um which ultra did you use um i ra so I actually ran the new tent um the 3.5 three okay. the nice. new ones um i used to run more in lone peaks but i just i mean i've been liking it more for a little bit more cushioning or whatnot so i just i actually had a back my backup pair was the older style temps the the previous model but um they just work really good for me so what did you use for your lighting? Uh, Petzl. Uh, I believe it's the... Let's see. Which one is this? That's the Actic Core. Yeah, Actic Core. And uh, which I never put it on the... I had to switch it to the high-end setting a couple times um, crossing creeks. There's a, there a couple creeks we had to cross. So I guess two bridges got damaged um in the spring from storms and you know these were big suspension bridges that weren't going to be repaired in time and they were really worried about the water being up and it was knee high in a couple spots or one crossing the other was only like ankle deep um but that was a little freaky because we weren't sure if it all the rain that we did. Uh, so um yeah that that i love that headlamp it actually flashed on me i carry a backup battery just on me just in case you know um it flashed on me actually uh almost about an hour or two before dark i'm like ah, i'll just go ahead and you know i think it means it's you know low on battery so i went ahead and changed it but um yeah sweet and then you didn't wear anything for the waist uh no never have messed with that 
Yeah, I I love that headlamp myself. I have, uh, gosh, I don't know how many of the the backup batteries. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> um, they're just simple and easy to turn out. Uh, sure is bright. Um, I've used the um, waist lamp just because it gives me a little bit more depth perception for my old eyes. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then it looked like from your picture you had a is it an alternate direction pack? Yeah, it's actually pretty old school, and I love it. I have a, I I got a newer pack of theirs. I think it's uh, it's Ultra Vest. I think it's old. It's probably like five years old. But um, I tried finding them like an old one, you know, to buy because I bought a newer one, not the newest one, but maybe the version before. And I just it wears on my neck and stuff. I do not like how it fits. So um, I I wear it all the time. I've sewed it up and everything else. <laughs> so I've been through a lot. Um, and, you know, I just, I mean, there's so many options out there. I just, um, Lori, she likes the, um, uh, I can't think now what she even uses, but I just haven't tried any other kind. I want to, but as expensive as they are, you know, just to try them out. Um, and all of my bottles are ultimate direction. I mean, I know they're all kind of universal, but they fit in there good. I got do some. You, do you like the bottles soft last? Soft last, yeah. Okay. And I, I mean, I got, so I have like two handheld, um, sleeves that the soft flask go in. Also, I got a belt that a flask will go in. Um, so I kind of like how it all kind of goes together, you know, whatnot. Yep. Cool. Um, let's see. And your, your sweet boa shorts. Uh, if you, oh yeah. If you see Brandon's post, he's got, uh, it, it looked like the, um, the old fighter. Jet. I think, yeah. They're called oh. Mad Bomber, I think. Mad Bomber. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, um, BOA, B-O-A, they, uh, um, they, if you can check out their shorts, they've got some sweet prints. Um, that was pretty awesome. <laughs> I like that. Um, anything, anything else gear wise? Uh, you said you don't use poles. No. Um, trail toes seems to be your, uh, your foot lube of choice and squirrel nut butter for, for other needs. Um, yeah, I use Garmin. Uh, I got a Phoenix six. Um, that stayed on. That was awesome battery. I mean, I had 20% left and I actually downloaded a GPX file and that was kind of a big thing for this race, you know, to kind of give some advice on this race. Um, you know, Michael, you know, he does a GPX file. You can download and download it to your watch if it's capable of it. Um, I think there's an app called Gaia apps that he, he promotes that, um, you know, he uses that he wanted people, you know, people to download it on their phone. Cause it'll, you know, keep the course, even if, you know, you don't have service cause it was spotty down there. And, um, you know, I feel like it's happened the first Warhammer and this has nothing to do with the RD, but I mean, people mess with the flags, you know, and some of the areas that you are closer to park. So, I mean, I had the GPX file on my watch and I actually kind of overshoot a couple spots and I, I mean, I'm glad I had it on there, you know? So, I mean, you know, some people kind of griped it. Like I ain't carrying my phone. Well, I mean, it might be a savior and, you know, not getting lost. So, um, you know, this Phoenix six, I mean, uh, you know, there's so many good options out there now, but I just, I've always used Garmin watches and, and just with the maps and everything like that, you know, being able to see the course, that was huge for me. So maybe it's a lot more confident. <laughs> yeah. And Guy is a great app too. You can, uh, as you said, you can upload a course to it. You can even just run because it just uses satellite. Yeah. It doesn't use cellular data yeah. and it will just show your dot where you are. And if you know where you're supposed to be, <laughs> then yeah. you can 
you know, even if you don't have the course uploaded, you can still see where you are as, you know, as opposed to where you should be. So you can make your way to it. Um, we've had a bushwhack a few times <laughs> yeah. and back on trail. So it is a good app. Um, awesome, man. Um, any type of pointers that you would give to, to folks about, you know, um, whether it be training for it or the race itself, um, you know, the, anything that you want to disseminate or, uh, or tell the, you know, for hundred milers and specifically maybe a race like this, I mean, you know, put yourself in uncomfortable situations, you know, I mean, you can't put yourself in, you know, can't train for certain things, especially in a race. Um, you know, even though it's kind of like when you start off, like, I feel like I'm going slow or chilling, but like everything's heightened, you know, you're, you know, you're anxious, you're excited, you know, your heart rate's, you know, elevated, but, um, you know, you really just train, I mean, consistently and, and, you know, like I said before, you can't really train for the unexpected, but at the same time, you know, you can, you know, you know, train at night, um, I, I don't really, but, you know, train early in the morning, train when you don't want to, when you don't feel like it, train on tired legs. Um, I say train, 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 but I mean, obviously your legs are what carry you to the finish line for the most part. I mean, practice, I mean, you know how it is. We do, I mean, practice nutrition, different things. Um, you know, um, especially if you end up having to, I, I guess I always say I train for like having an iron gut to eat anything. You know, like I said, I've ate pizza, I've ate burgers before, um, and stuff like that. Um, and I've, I've got, gi issues just from eating the stuff i eat all the time so you just never know um i think it's huge especially in this kind of weather to always have salt tabs on you you know no matter what i mean i've learned the hard way a couple of times um you know obviously you can you can overhydrate, you can take too much salt but you know if you're popping a pill every now and again it's not going to hurt you just for insurance you know you, you think you're not because usually yep. it is up to you before you realize it you know so um yeah. Cool. Yeah. I like the idea, especially training, uh, different times of day, just so you know how your body's going to react, um, during those times, um, you know, like running in the morning, for instance, versus running in the evening, doing a night run. Um, now, you know, you can't train sleep deprivation. So <laughs> I, I don't want people to, to think that they can get used to being awake and, and doing that. It's just knowing what you're, what you're going to experience when you're groggy. So if you've been up all day and you stay up late and then go for a run in the middle of the night, it's good to test your lights. Um, and it's also good to test if you're going to take caffeine, especially, uh, how does that affect you when you're sleepy? So, you know, these are really good things to practice, especially at night. So, you know, don't do it too close to the race, but you know, one of your long runs, I would suggest doing it during the nighttime, especially, you know, if you're going to run through, at least one night, possibly two. I mean, you know, we're looking at hard rock, it's a, it's a 48 hour cutoff. So we could, you know, we're, we yeah. could see two sunrises and two sunsets. So, um, the, uh, but you know, it is good to know how the body's going to react. So, um, good points there. Um, Brandon, I appreciate it, man. Thank you so much for your time and congratulations on your win. You. That was fantastic. <laughs> so, so stoked for you. So proud. Uh, it was, that was tremendous. So thank you so much, buddy. Right on. Thank you. As always, thank you, Brandon. Congratulations once again. Fantastic race. Um, you know, I'm always proud of my athletes, no matter what 
Um, but extremely, extremely proud of, of Brandon. We had a great training block working together leading into this. So, uh, so thank you so much uh, for trusting me in that process, Brandon. And I'm so glad the the result came out. Um, obviously, with you with the win, and um, look forward to seeing what's next for you. Um, so, anyhow, um, my goodness, um, things here uh, are pretty busy. Um, we, you know, with preparations for, for hard rock for me, um, you know, about three weeks here until hard rock, uh, got a lot of stuff going on in between. I'm helping out with uh, a running camp here in, in Asheville, North Carolina. Um, obviously still, still coaching. Um, I am, uh, I'm going to have to take away the, um, the, uh, individualized plans, uh, the, uh, 12 and 16 weeks plan. I think I'm going to pull those off, uh, the website for now, I just don't have a lot of extra time having a hard time figuring out when to get those done. And I just don't want to, uh, to, you know, haphazardly put together a plan and, um, not execute it well for, for those that are requesting it. So, um, I'm going to pull back on those for now. Um, I, I certainly appreciate those that have reached out and, uh, and asked for those, those individualized plans. Um, but, um, you know, with uh, the athletes that I'm coaching now and everything going on, um, I just don't have a lot of extra time. So um, yeah, we're, I'm, I'm going to hold off. So um, I am still coaching. Uh, coaching is extremely busy. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I, as I said in the last episode, I am at capacity. Um, I am passing along athletes to my, uh, my other co-coach Thad, who's in my group, Thad McNeil. So, um, if you're looking for, um, some help, uh, and you know, want some, some coaching, um, that is, uh, accepting athletes. Um, but I have to hold off for now. I have <laughs> reached my capacity, uh, in which I feel I can comfortably serve my athletes, uh, and give them the attention they deserve. So, um, and, Man, uh, you know, as I said, Hard Rock coming up. I can't thank the people enough that have reached out to me asking me if I need anything, um, you know, uh, if, if I need crew help, pacers, um, you know, uh, there's a ton of people that will be out there. So, um, you know, I am really appreciative. Uh, I We can only have three crew members. Um, and so I uh, talked about this a little bit last time. Um, my One of my good friends, Morgan Elliott, is, uh, he lives out there. He's going to... Uh, crew and pace along with my wife who will be my crew chief as always uh and my good friend sam reed um he'll be crewing and pacing as well um you know my my biggest concerns coming up from hard rock uh you know i think i'll, I'll probably talk about it in uh in an episode and kind of release um uh, just an episode all about pre-hard rock so i'll talk about that stuff a little bit more um but i've been doing my planning doing my due diligence trying to get ready uh, even my wife for father's day she's like thinking of ways that we can be more efficient uh she bought me a little um camp stove um one of the uh the one burners that um uh, the uh um, I can't think of the, the company off the top of my head, but, um, you know, I just love the fact that she's trying to be more efficient and helpful in the aid stations. It's wonderful, uh, to have that kind of support from, from my, uh, my wife and, uh, you know, I just can't wait, uh, ran with Sam last weekend and, um, you know, he, he's so excited to go out. That's one of the races on his bucket list. So he can't wait to see it. Um, Morgan, um, you know, I went out to support him at Western States, uh, in 2019. So I'm glad he gets to be over and supporting me in hard rock. Um, 
and uh, man, you know, training is, is going well. And like I said, in the, the pre-talk, I'll kind of go over things that I've been going, been doing. But um, you can follow me on Strava, Aaron Saft, MR Running Pains. I'm on Strava um, and see all the crazy stuff that I've been doing. Reengaged with Patrick Regan as a coach just to make sure, uh, you know, I'm not doing too much or too little. Um, just have some outside perspective, um, you know, from from another good coach, you know, even coaches need coaches. So, um, I've reached out to him and and we're working together again, which has been fantastic. Um, he is racing, uh, Western States this weekend. So, um, best of luck to Patrick. Uh, I hope he gets another top 10 finish, uh, and, uh, you know, is, is up even on the podium. Love to see that. So good luck, Pat. Um, other things going on, uh, July is coming up really quick. Uh, I will be releasing July's newsletter, uh, if you haven't subscribed to the newsletter, you can do so on my website, mrrunningpains.com. And uh, there's a, a link on there that you can click and subscribe. All of my old newsletters, if you're in case you're interested in reading some of the articles or anything like that, perusing, uh, is also on there. Under the Connect page, you can find the link for newsletters. All of them are archived on there. Also, podcasts are also are archived on there. And you can search. There's a search feature on the website. So. Um, want to also thank, uh, my newest Patreon supporter, Natalie Daniel, uh, Natalie has been on the podcast twice. Um, also started coaching her after her, um, her finish at the black mountain monster, the 24 hour event, uh, Natalie came on board and, uh, she is wonderful. I want to thank her for her support. She's been, uh, you know, listening for, uh, for a few months now. And, uh, I just appreciate the fact that she's like, you know, you're really putting out some, some great information and, uh, it's, you know, hopefully it's, it's really helpful to everybody. So, um, appreciate her support on Patreon. If you can support on Patreon, there's a link on the website as well. Um, I sincerely appreciate all of that. Um, working on YouTube videos, my athletes have been requesting, um, some more core videos. I came out with some new core workouts, so, um, I'll be posting some of those and, uh, it's just, again, you have been so busy with everything. Uh, kids being, you know, in the summertime, um, running around to their activities, my training, and then coaching has just been extremely busy. So, um, yeah, I, I'm working on everything as fast as I can, but, um, you know, that's also Patreon goes to helping support coming out with those videos, uh, as well as the newsletters. So, um, if you're enjoying those and can help, uh, Patreon is a great way to show your support. If not, uh, if you could just, uh, subscribe to the podcast or share the podcast, that is fantastic. Uh, it's a super helpful way to, uh, um, to help the podcast leave a review all of that stuff helps the podcast get found and spread the word so um i appreciate that as well um aside from that um yeah it's you know it's summer here uh we've had some beautiful weather um and uh, you know it's, it's actually been pretty nice training i was out this morning and uh, man it felt nice uh and brisk this morning when i was out running so um miles my dog was appreciating the fact that he was not uh, panting and, and, and dying out there, you know, the heat's not as oppressive. So, uh, we've had kind of some, some pleasant weather here recently. Um, so, uh, I hope everybody's well, I hope their training goes well. And, um, if you have any ideas or, you know, ideas for guests or want to be a guest, don't hesitate to reach out. You can connect with me through, um, my website and, uh, I would look forward to, to hearing from you. Uh, if you have any, um, suggestions or, you know, want to give me any feedback, always willing to, to hear that as well. 
Um, I'm going to be starting another podcast as well. Um, we are going to be starting a Hellbender podcast. So for the Hellbender 100, uh, we're going to be starting a new podcast for that. Um, I hope to launch that um, more towards August is kind of my idea for that. Um, as we hear, you know, from the various entities that are permitting our, uh, our race, if our date is accepted or not. Um, I know people have been reaching out like, when's the date? And I just, I, I don't, I can't tell anybody anything yet because, uh, unfortunately, uh, we have not heard back from the entities, um, as to if that date is acceptable. Um, so um, they are busy people. They do have blackout periods. There are all sorts of things. So uh, I'm just trying to be patient and uh, and you know and wait my turn to to find out. Um, again, we are shooting for the first weekend in May of 2022. That is our goal. Um, so you know we're 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 trying. <laughs> Believe us, we've you know we've got two of the four permits in right now. We have to have those secure before we can bring them to the other agencies uh, for their approval. Um, so it's just a, you know, it's just time it just takes time. So, um, appreciate your patience on that, but yes, uh, there is going to be a hellbender podcast coming out where we talk all things hellbender. Uh, we're going to bring on guests and such, uh, to talk about hellbender and, uh, give and lend perspective about the course, the race, the people behind it. Uh, so, you know, stay tuned for that. And, uh, other than that, I hope everybody's, uh, well enjoying their training, summer training. If you got races coming up, best of luck. And I can't wait to talk to you guys next time. Uh, My next guest is going to be another one of my athletes. His name is Craig Peterson. He just finished the Idaho 29,029, which is uh, Everesting. Uh, So out in Idaho, he uh, had um, at a ski slope, they have, you know, one of the runs, you just keep climbing it. Uh, You climb up and then take the gondola down and climb up and take the gondola down. And you do that until you've reached 29,029 feet or uh, the, uh, the summit of Everest is the idea behind it. So, uh, pretty cool. So that's my next guest. That will be our next show. Um, and then I'll probably do my, uh, my hard rock preview, you know, how things have been going, how training has been going, all that good stuff. So, uh, thank you everybody for listening. I can't wait to talk to you next time till then keep running my friends. Coming, rain is coming, can't give a shit.